0: Good morning, Bridge friends and family. So glad you're with us. Man, was God moving during our worship time today or what? I hope right there where you are, you sense the presence of God. And and if maybe you committed your life to Christ today, we want to know. Please let us know so we can be praying for you. We want to help you on your journey. We're kicking off a whole new series today. We're calling it Insta- family if you spend any time on Instagram or, or any social media for that matter you know that uh, that the family pictures that you see are just Perfect. I mean, we got our perfect smiles on. We got our perfect poses. We are in the perfect places. It's our highlight reel is what it is. But you also know that it ain't real. That's not how things really, really are. In fact, every family, no matter how healthy you are, has some stress points and faces all kinds of challenges. In fact, what we've come to understand is that families face very specific challenges at very specific stages of the life of a family and that's why this year from Mother's Day to Father's Day we're going to be focusing on the various stages of the life of a family and we're going to go to the scriptures to find out what the Bible actually says about how to deal with those challenges. Next week Pastor Andrew will be talking to us about singles and dating principles. Beyond that we'll be talking about marriage and parenting and and, and extended family conflicts. I'll even address divorce and and is there life after divorce during the of this series we're going to talk about all of the stages of the real family and understand everything that we can about what the scriptures say. Can I can I just throw a note in before we get into message proper though? It's just an amazing thing. The location lead pastors of the bridge and I spend time every year during the summer seeking the Lord, praying, talking, dialoguing. I mean weeks of thinking and praying about Lord, what would you have us talk about in the coming year? And of course, we had no way of knowing that COVID-19 would be going on in May and June uh, of 2020, but the Lord really impressed on us to talk about the family. As it turns out, God knew that we'd be spending a lot of time at home with our families, and so I believe it's a God thing. I believe it's God-ordained that we talk about these topics. I hope that you'll plan to be with us for every one of these services, and particularly if you know any families that are struggling at any stage of the life of their family, would you invite them to come? come, make sure that they tune in, they log on, and be a part of these services uh, every Sunday morning. In fact, we're going to offer you a tool as well, in addition to the sermons, to help you as we rebuild, reestablish the family altar, and hopefully God at the center of our homes. But for today, it's Mother's Day, and so we're going to talk about moms a little bit. But even that, I want to do a little bit differently. I, 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 you know, a lot of uh, Mother's Days, we'll talk about you know moms of kids, and uh, but today I want to talk to dads. I really want to focus in on dads of their mom's kids, their kids' moms. However you say that, I want to talk to you dads for a little while. And if you're not a a dad with a wife and kids, don't worry. We're going to get to you during the series. And you're going to hear things today that will apply to what's going on in your life as well. But for the next few minutes, I want us to focus in on our moms fact is, I did a survey a few years ago with a group of Christian moms, and I asked the question, what's the best possible gift your husband could give to you on this Mother's Day? Now, I got lots of answers. I got, I got, you know, a day off of housework, and I got, you know, a spa day and that kind of stuff. But the fact is, the top two answers that I got from that survey went a lot deeper than, than those kinds of things. So today, if I could just have a few minutes of your time, I want to help you dads give a gift at Mother's Day this year to the mother of your kids, and I guarantee you she will love them because I know she's the one that said these would be the best possible gifts. Let's get into it. The first gift that mom asked for is for you, dad, to take spiritual leadership at home. It was the number one response to the survey in some phrasing or another that you would take on spiritual leadership in the home. So let's unpack that just a little bit. In fact, I want to break it down into three parts, kind of in as children age, you'll understand a little bit more what I'm talking about. Part one is those earliest days when the baby first comes into the home and becomes a toddler and starts walking, uh, starts to just take their first steps and say their first words, those early stages of life, and spiritual leadership in those stages often takes the form of providing loving discipline. Now, I'm not suggesting that moms aren't important in the role of discipline, but the Bible says, dad, that you've got a role in spiritual discipline in the home that goes beyond what moms can do. What you need to know, Dad, is that most experts agree. Kids learn how to deal with authority figures in the first few years of life. It's a lesson that carries with them throughout the rest of their lives. And so kids in those early stages are asking the question, who's in charge? Let's be honest. Every toddler eventually looks around the house and thinks, I'm going to take over this joint. <laughs> I'm going to show who's really in charge of this place. Ah, You will see who, what's going on around here. And historically, it's moms who are left to deal with those kinds of things. But every one of us have heard a mom somewhere along the way say something like, you wait till your dad gets home. Not because she can't handle it. Of course not. But because she even intuitively understands that dad has a critical role in spiritual leadership and in discipline in the home. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19 says it this way God said, I have chosen Abraham because he has a good job and a stable income. That's not what it says. I've chosen Abraham because I knew he would command his children and his descendants to live the way the Lord wants them to. Now I want you to understand that word command. It's the Hebrew word, the Old Testament, mostly written in Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word, "sava" that literally means to, to give a charge so as to set in order. In other words, God chose Abraham to be the father of the nation Israel because he knew Abraham would accept the role of spiritual leadership for the nation, and he would set the nation in order as God's people. Whether you know it or not, Dad, there are very few gifts you can give Mom that would mean more to her than for you to step into this role that God defined for you. Which means when little Billy Bob starts terrorizing the home, instead of wimping out like a TV dad, well, what's a dad to do? I don't know what to do. Or abdicating like, handle it, Mom, I got to go to work. Or, or, Or as some of us do, go commando, be distant in one moment and demanding in the next. Your job, dad, is to calmly, confidently let Billy Bob know, son, you've met your match. Such acts of terrorism will cost you dearly in this home. Hear me, the more clearly you establish that when they are young, the easier life is for them and everybody else as they get older. In fact, I can't tell you the number of times As our three sons got into their teen years and later teen years, and they struggled a little bit during that season submitting to my authority as a spiritual leader of the home, that I would say, son, if you're struggling to submit to my authority, knowing how much I love you, what are you going to do when you get a boss out there who doesn't care? The sad reality is it hasn't been that many years since I wouldn't have had to talk about this subject at all. Because dads knew exactly what to do. We knew there were consequences for crimes committed. But now we're dealing with a generation that's been influenced by child rearing experts who, who say, just reason with the little terrorist. I mean, I mean the, the little brat. I mean, I mean the precious ones. Climb into the playpen with them and explain for the fourth time that drawing on the walls makes them ugly, darling. Influenced by experts to say if you just meet their material needs and love them, they will grow up to be virtuous, happy people. But hear me, guys the result of those influences is that we've raised a generation that has no idea how to deal with authority. James Dobson, Christian psychologist, says it this way the greatest social disaster of our times is the belief that abundant love makes discipline unnecessary. <laughs> Guys, the saying is not, I love them, but I have to discipline them. The saying is, I love them, therefore I am willing to discipline them. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights in. That says to me that loving discipline demonstrates love. It also provides security and it prepares your children for dealing with the world when they're on their own. Hear me, believe it or not, that snuggly bundle of warmth and cuteness is actually a miniature (laughs) sinner. If you don't see it now, you'll see it soon enough. The day will come when they begin to whine and fuss and make demands. We'd like to say their first words are mommy and daddy. But in fact, in most cases, their first word is mine or no. (laughs) Later on, they'll lie to you about finishing their homework or how much time they've been in the video game. The point is we're all born with a sin nature. And God has entrusted parents with the job of training, of setting in order our children so that they will know the Lord. And he's charged us dads with the responsibility of leadership. You need to be prepared. Those sweet little sinners will run you through all kinds of tests just to see who's really in charge. But I want you to understand that subconsciously they hope they're not in charge because they know they're not in control. They know that they don't have all the answers, but they're going to test you to find out if you do. So let me challenge you, Dad, as a gift to the mother of your children and for the sake of your children, deepen your commitment to being that kind of dad By all means, partner with mom. But don't ever abdicate your role as a spiritual leader of your home. As your kids get a bit older, spiritual leadership takes on a little bit different form and that is what I call part two, teach by example. At this stage, our, our kids are not just asking who's in charge. Now life has got them asking, what, what's what's right? What What is really right? And this stage starts as soon as your kids start getting influences outside of your house. I remember when we sent our oldest off to kindergarten, first one to go out of the house for any extended time. And he came home from kindergarten and we asked him what he learned in school that day. And he came out with a, a string of expletives that he'd never heard us use at home before. <gasps> we were missionaries to the Philippines at the time, and so we went down to the private Christian school that he went to and told the teacher what had happened. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I have to deal with this every year. We have a lot of Filipino children in the school who learn their English watching American movies, and they don't understand there are some words not used in polite society. Once your children start getting influenced outside of your home, you're going to have to deal with these kinds of issues. Maybe not that, but you need to be prepared for questions like Brandon's dad doesn't make him do chores. How come I have to do them? Caitlin's dad let her spend the whole day at the mall. Why can't I go for the whole day? Chloe started dating when she was 13. Why do I have to wait? You have to be prepared for those kinds of questions. And in every case, you need to understand your child is screaming, what is right? They're hearing these conflicting values and and the other side of the hill sounds so attractive. They don't even realize this sometimes, but they're begging, dad, reassure me that what you've been telling me is true. Sadly, many dads make the fatal error at this point. Instead of understanding what's going on with their child, we feel threatened by these values that have been brought into our home. And and maybe we'll even get defensive and and go on the attack. And we'll we'll just go into lecture mode and say, let me tell you. I'll tell you what's right. Well, that's the approach you take. You need to understand two problems to it. Problem number one is that they stopped listening after I'll tell you. Problem number two is even if they do listen beyond that point, they know that you haven't exactly gotten it right every time yourself. I mean, kids have a way of picking up what's being put down even when you don't think they see. Even worse, when we realize that the lecture isn't working, we panic and default to, as long as you're in my house, put your feet under my table, you're going to live by my rules. And I'm not saying you won't ever go there. I'm just saying, if you make that the default setting from the earliest days of their lives, you need to be aware of the fact that by their time, their teenagers, the result is often rebellion. Kids who see an imperfect man demanding perfect obedience will challenge it almost every time. The Bible says there's a better way to train your children and values. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, 8, and 9. Impress on them, on them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What is them? What's he talking about? He's talking about godly values. And he's talking about carrying those values with you in the way that you live and everything that you do day by day by day. By all means, teach your children, but keep in mind that more is caught than taught. And if you really want them to learn, they need to learn by example. That's why our team has worked really hard over the last several weeks to produce a family devotional guide for you. And during this InstaFamily series, we, we, we're we going to challenge you, encourage you uh, to spend some time in family devotions. The covers there on the screen, uh, you can look at that. Uh, we're going to provide it for you. In fact, the online host right now is putting a link there. You can go to our website and download it from there. But But about 40 days between now and Father's Day, we're asking you, whatever the current makeup of your family, to practice Deuteronomy 6. And we're giving you a tool to be able to do it. When you open up that digital file, you're gonna see that it's laid out in day one, day two, day three. Day one is tomorrow. It's the Monday after Mother's Day. Uh, you can decide what's the best time of day to do it. Maybe it's first thing in the morning when you first get up and you're having breakfast together or, or during the course of the day or dinner time or before they go to bed. You decide what's best for your family, but spend a few minutes with God at the center of your family conversation. You'll see as you look at the devotion that day one is laid out with three parts. The, on the the left side, you've got a family devotion, a scripture, a couple of paragraphs, a simple story, uh, a couple of discussion points, and then maybe a prayer that you might want to pray. If you have small children on the right-hand side, you'll see uh, some activities for for your young children to be doing as you talk about these things. And if you have teenagers, then we have a section for for teens as well, because we want this to be a family devotion, not just something you and and maybe your spouse does while the kids sit and listen. This is a family time. Can I tell you that one of our highest goals for this whole series is not to teach you interesting sermons. It's to raise the bar on family altars in our church family. It's to come against a culture that has successfully separated family members from one another by coming together, even if for just a few minutes, around the Bible and reestablishing the family altar in your home. Dads, I beg you, establish early on who's in charge, but don't stop there. Show them through your life what is right. But don't stop there either. There's a third part to this spiritual leadership, and that is speak a specific blessing. And mom needs to be a part of this where she can. But dad, there's, there's one more question that you need to answer as your children age, as they move into, and certainly before they move into adulthood and move out on their own. And that is, am I really okay? Can I handle life? Genesis chapter 27, verse 19, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. This thing called the blessing was so important that Jacob was willing to trick Isaac, his father, into giving him something that was rightly Esau's birthright. So what in the world could it be, this blessing? Yes, it's probably a financial inheritance to some extent, but it's so much more than that. Again, the Hebrew word uh, in the Old Testament is barak, and barak literally means to kneel, to adore. Simply put, the blessing is dad saying to a child, moving into adulthood, I am so proud of the adult that you're becoming. I'm here if you need me, but you got this. I know you are. It can be one of the most precious parts of the fathering, father-child relationship, and yet so often it's overlooked. I still remember vividly the first time my dad did this for me. I had, was in my late teens, and I went out with friends, and I got a ticket. I came home and told my dad I got a ticket, and he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm guilty. I guess I'm just going to go down to the courthouse and pay it. Will you go with me? thinking, of course he's going to go with me. Dad always does that kind of stuff with me. And he said, no, you made an adult decision to get yourself into it. You're going to make an adult decision to get yourself out of it. I could not believe that he was making me do this alone. I was so mad, I didn't know what to do. But the day came, I got the money together. I went down to the courthouse and I paid my fine, scared as I could be, didn't even want to walk in. But I did, I get in and I got paid the fine. And as I'm walking out of the courthouse, I'm still biting nails over my dad didn't come with me. And I looked across the street where there was a Western Auto. Some of you remember Western autos. They were kind of auto parts, hardware kind of stores uh, that were around back in the day. And I saw through the glass of the store, my dad shopping. Now, my dad was not a car guy. (laughs) My dad was not a handyman. He'd never been in a Western auto in his life. (laughs) But I realized in the moment what he'd done. I'm here if you need me but you got this, and that moment helped me to become a man. Dad, it's not too late, even if your kids are already grown and have kids of their own. It's never too late to say, I'm proud of the person you're becoming. It's critical that we not only teach them authority that we not only teach them values that we not only show them spiritual leadership but that we speak specific blessings into their lives those blessings will carry them for the rest of their lives that's the number one gift when i asked christian moms what do you want from the father of your children they said i want him to take on spiritual leadership at home the second gift I won't spend as much time to I don't with, I don't need to, but it's just as important, and that simply is availability. Fact is, you can't give gift one without giving gift two. The problem, of course, is our families are inflicted with a disease these days, and I'm not talking about COVID-19, heaven forbid. You're dealing with that in your family. I hope you're not but we are afflicted with a disease. Dr. John Roseman calls it frantic family syndrome. We all are in prey to this hectic lifestyle that just impacts us all. And so when we do finally get together as a family, it's often parallel activities. We're not spending time focused on each other. We're on the couch looking at TV or worse, we're all sitting around looking at our own screens, not paying attention to anybody else at all. Dad's one of the best gifts you can give is to be there. In fact, let me illustrate how important that is for your kids and for the mother of your children. We learn very early on, the scriptures are clear, that we have two primary roles as fathers. One is to provide for our families and, and most of us have been taught that availability means bring home the bacon boy you know so as long as we're bringing home a paycheck you know we feel like we're doing our job but the truth is we have a second role that's just as important just as vital and it's protection you know what an umbrella is for right it's to protect us On a rainy day, it protects us from the rain. Uh, On a bright, sunny day, it might protect us from getting a sunburn. But at the end of the day, umbrellas are about protection. We'll recognize that one of the roles that God has given you is the protector of your home. It's your job to not only provide but to protect. But... We've been taught that we have to provide and we have to provide more. And so we go and we focus on our careers and we focus on our jobs and we work really, really hard and we're so proud when we get promotions and we get raises and every now and then we'll hear our kids say, Dad, I never see you anymore. Or we'll hear wives say... You don't pay attention to me anymore. And what do we dads say? We say, well, I'm doing it for you. What? I'm, I'm providing for the family. This is for you. Does it feel like it's for them? No, because while we may be providing, we aren't protecting. And that's a very important part of our jobs. Can I tell you that in my little survey with my Christian mom's, Not a single one of them said, I wish my husband would bring more money into the house. Not a single one of them said, I wish he would build us a bigger house. But a bunch of them said, I wish he'd lighten up and have some more fun. Bunch of them said, I wish he was more available to the family. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 16. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The Pastor Jim paraphrase of that is be smart, guys. Your kids will be grown and gone before you know it. Please don't send them out in the world unprepared because you weren't around to prepare them. Guys, if you really want to bless the mother of your kids, sure, give them a spa day. She'll love it when spas open again. Sneak home when she's away and clean the house, but let her come home to a surprise. She'll love it. But if you really want to give her a gift she'll love, give her the gift of spiritual leadership at home. Give her the gift of your availability. That's what they ask for over everything else and it pays dividends. There's a third gift that I'll mention. The moms didn't ask for this, but I'm going to mention it because God did. And that's the gift of honor. Jesus modeled this one for us with his own mother. John chapter 19, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, Mary. When Jesus saw her there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Do you understand what I just read to you? From the cross... And all that Jesus endured for your sin and mine, for your healing and mine, and all that he endured in that moment, he took time to say to his disciple, John, John, take care of my mama. He honored his mother that day. And I'm challenging you here and now to honor the mothers in your life. Not just your mother, but the mother of your children. Honor the spiritual moms in your life, the adoptive moms in your life, the foster moms. Honor the mother figures in your life. It will pay dividends to you and to them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us these simple, clear principles to follow, knowing that if we will do life your way, we'll be blessed, our families will be blessed, the nation will be blessed And so I pray on this Mother's Day that all the moms in our lives would feel a sense of honor as we commit to give them the gifts they really want. We as dads giving the gift of spiritual leadership, of availability, and of honor. We'll thank you for the way you multiply our efforts, for the building of your kingdom, the blessing of our families. In Jesus' name. Amen.